0: guys i'm so excited to have our next guest she's beautiful she's talented she's a mom she's a wife she's a she's a former freaking record label executive and she's an artist and she just finished like doing a documentary so she's just freaking superwoman um <laughs> so welcome larissa how are you doing
1: thanks lee gosh i should hire you to like just go around and just tell people that all the time
0: <laughs> uh, that, that would be the best job ever i really <laughs> i really think i'm gonna do this i love it uh so um what's because you do so many things okay let me read the official bio from wikipedia okay (laughs) you're actually a songwriter singer chinese american talk show host um and then you won the 2015 hollywood music and media award for best dance song category in her song i feel alive best vocalist of the month by singer universe magazine in 2015 and a host or a radio advice show, Utah radio. So, okay, now I have an official one. Um, so, okay, let's get started. So like, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you as a musician?
1: Okay, so one time I was doing this concert, uh, we were doing, a, I was doing a live album recording. And so I did this concert and I was wearing these pleather pants. So this mm-hmm. is a cautionary tale about pleather pants. Uh, and about halfway through my concert, um, my, the MC of the show like hands me this note. And he's like, and it says like your pants are split. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I like looked at him, and there's like a mm-hmm. flap hanging out a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> so I like, fortunately, it just happened to be like during a point where. Uh, I was uh, doing a, a changing over to an acoustic set, and so like I, I walked off stage. My band was you know still on stage, and my MC just started stalling. And I, I thankfully had a pair of jeans like to the mm. side of the room. Oh
0: thank God! And then I
1: came back on stage. But I guess what happened was is when I sat down at the piano is when I split my my lo- pleather uh. pants. And gratefully I had um, like another. It was like a, there was like another lining layer for my pleather. Mm-hmm. and uh, I told my band afterwards and one of my guitarists who was like what I said like did you notice it I said he's like no it's like what I missed it I'm like man <laughs> <laughs> he was like being a joker anyways thankfully no one else in the audience like noticed so I don't mm-hmm. know if it was yeah. funny or if it was like horrifying <laughs> it depends that's on hilarious I,
0: I that's that's true really, I I think that's that's hilarious I mean um rip pants, right I mean it's always like to me yeah i'm like thinking, yeah, piano, I think that's yeah because when you sit down, you try to like you know push the pedals and stuff yeah that's that's the time to do it. I think that's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> um, so um, you come from like a Chinese American family, and I do as well, and I just feel like it's so amazing like you you're, you're being a musician chasing your dreams. so like when did you know you were going to be a musician well, you know it's it's interesting because I grew
1: up kind of brainwashed into thinking I'd become a doctor growing up, just mm-hmm. like a lot yeah. of other Asian yes. kids. <laughs> And my dad was a doctor, and so uh, it didn't really cross my mind. Um, I started writing my first song when I was like 13, and I thought it was, you know, fun and a hobby, and and so I never really took it seriously. Um, But I came through this, like, epiphany when I was, like, 16, um, and I realized – so I don't like the sight of blood or, you know, Mm -hmm. guts or anything. If I see a movie or TV show that – has a surgery scene and you're seeing it like like mm-hmm. I cringe and I can't bear to watch it mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. as I started getting closer to you know college and the real thing of trying to go to medical school mm-hmm. I was sitting in my dad's office one day I remember and I was like you know what I don't think I can do this the rest of my life mm-hmm. yeah. I just don't think I can do it and so then the logical step was like hey why don't I become a music producer yeah so- <laughs> exactly Um, I'll just say like it was probably an idea from God that he planted in my Mm. head because like there really is no other explanation like how random that was I mean I did write music and I loved music but like why would a 16 year old Chinese American girl from Diamond Bar California ever think she could do anything in the music industry so Mm. that was really the first signs of me um, seriously thinking about a career in in music
0: I love it that's amazing Um, so like what did your parents think at that time Oh, they they thought I was gonna starve. They said it in Chinese. Um, they,
1: I'm Cantonese. If anybody's listening, that's Cantonese. They said they wouldn't all say yeah. So that's the or or in Mandarin said you Yeah, exactly. Um and you know they just yeah, they seriously thought and, and they're not completely wrong. No, <laughs> no. no, um they you know the starving artist thing and, and so um they weren't thrilled about it but you know later on see the my little dirty secret is my dad was an actor in hong kong before he came to the united states uh, so,
0: and he became a doctor that's amazing uh, well
1: he went to medical school um because his parents sent him to medical school but his right. dream was to be an actor and he, uh, was at Sha- okay. he was actually at shaw brothers studio which is you know like the warner brothers of of like hong kong
0: oh, wow.
1: um and so that's how I won my argument because my dad got, to, he, he voluntarily left Shaw Brothers Studios and he also had a rift with my grandfather. Like my grandfather also did not approve of him going. Uh, so you see like it came yes. full circle for him. So um, he realized like he needed to let me at least try and fail. Like I, and I mm-hmm. told him that. I was like, look, let me try. If I try and fail, I try and fail, but at least I right. try. Right. You know, my dad got to try and he didn't fail. He just chose to, you know leave the country and come to the US and start right. a different life you know
0: yeah i love that that's very interesting it's like a generational thing and it's come full circle and then now you're raising your own children and you know it's uh, is going to be even better and then you're also married to a musician and um so like what what is that like just like basically you're you're surrounded in a family of entertainment so what <laughs> what is that like day to day Um, It's interesting because my daughter, I have a six-year-old daughter,
1: and she Mm -hmm. is, um, she loves music, she loves to sing, she's already writing her own music, Mm -hmm. and um, so, if you're talking about my, you know, the generational thing, um, my parents didn't want me to go into entertainment, and part of me Mm -hmm. is like, I don't know if I want my daughter to do entertainment, but she clearly Mm -hmm. is exhibiting some of those genes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, my husband is is a rapper, only one, and Mm -hmm. he you know, he's te- teaching her how to beatbox. And so uh, oh, it was definitely a very, I mean, it's really cool to be able to do gigs. Um, we just did a show last night and, and, um, you know, people call us like the Asian Jay-Z and Beyonce. And And so it's kind of cool to be able to travel on to do shows together and, um, but, you know, sometimes we lock horns as creatives. There's, mm-hmm. there's sometimes creative differences, yes. and it gets a little heated. So I initially, I didn't want to be with, like, marry another uh, or date another artist for mm-hmm. those reasons. At the same time, you know, it's for those, those same reasons, like, you lock horns that you understand each other. You know, like, you understand the creative drive, and you understand what it means and and you're supportive of each other. So um, overall it's been, it's been great. I mean, he and I are a match made in heaven. That sounds Mm -hmm. so cliche, but um, yeah, we we definitely belong together.
0: Awesome. And then how did you meet him?
1: Oh my gosh, how much time do you have? Okay, let me give you the short story. All day, Um, all day, yeah. So here's like the crazy thing. I, I used to be the CFO of a record company. You alluded to the record executive side. Um, and so uh, my carpal buddy and my, and eventually like my, my bandmate um, Maximilian, um, you know, he ended up producing um, only one's first EP. So track with me here. Um, one of my, friends from college told me like oh have you heard of this Chinese rapper named Only One and I said no and so when I went to his website I saw that my friend Maximilian produced his EP and so I hit him up and I said "Hey, I know Max too and just thought I'd reach out in case you wanted any help you know professionally not not like I wasn't like hitting on him yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of how we struck up our our friendship initially and then about a year later he brought me up to do some concerts he's from Sacramento and um our friend Maximilian was like at that doing that show too so um our and so our friend Max was like hey I think I think he likes you I think Baldwin likes you and um doesn't think you're interested and I was like oh okay I didn't really think of anything and then yeah. I, I guess I found out later Max told Baldwin like hey I think she likes you so it was totally <laughs>
0: funny
1: it was like junior high and that, <laughs> yeah. that's the short you know, story is like that's how Mm -hmm. we ended up together. So (laughs) so
0: our meddling
1: our meddling matchmaker friends friends, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I wish I had friends like that. Man, all my friends are useless. But anyways, um (laughs) so how um what what do you think was the most surprising thing about becoming a musician?
1: Um let's see, what's the most surprising thing? Um you know, I think for me becoming a songwriter um was really important and I think being able to write for television, um, beyond just being an artist, I think a lot of people think of like singers or you know, songwriters musicians, you're just performing. But there's this whole other side of the business that no people don't get to see. And um, there's a lot of us that write for TV and, and movies and video games. And I think that part was very surprising. I think the camaraderie too, Um, you know if you think of like a movie you look at the credits of like a movie there's like sometimes like a thousand people literally working on a movie Mm -hmm. Um, whereas like in a recording studio there's sometimes only like you're only in the studio with like three people you Mm -hmm. know sometimes it's five sometimes it's six you know but it's not a large group of people in the recording studio so you end up kind of developing really strong relationships and it's very tight-knit and it's a very intimate process when Mm -hmm. it comes to recording so I think that's the part that was maybe a little bit um, surprising, but in a sense, like, I really, really like that aspect of, you know, the music side.
0: Yeah, because I feel like being an entrepreneur, like, online entrepreneur is, like, a super lonely thing, you don't even have friends, so people do masterminds, and that's how they make friends, but I do admire, like, the, the artist type, where it's just like, yeah, you guys are all doing the same thing, hanging out, and you guys become, like, you know, brothers and sisters out of it, because it's like, you go through a war, you know, so. You do,
1: yeah, no, I, I love my, my musician, you know, my friends and hanging out with musicians. And yeah, it's just, it's just a different vibe. And especially now that I've been doing movies, it's a very different vibe. Although
0: <laughs> we've had a
1: very small crew with our documentary. So it's been very tight knit and kind of the same way too.
0: Awesome. I love that. So you are working in a documentary. Can you tell us
1: more about that? So my documentary um, is a 75 minute feature length film called Far East, Deep South. And it was, uh, it's an expansion of um, a short film that I did called uh, Finding Cleveland. And it's actually about my husband's family and the early Chinese in Mississippi during segregation. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that there was a, a significant Chinese population in the deep South during um, as early as like the mid to late 1800s mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and extending all the way into the, you know, 1900s as well. So that they, they were also subject to um, the Jim Crow laws. Um, and mm-hmm. on top of that, they had to deal with the, uh, added um, a Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they were an integral part of the community in terms of serving the Black community and also having them as customers. Um, and they were also excluded from white public schools. They were <laughs> uh, you know, subject to living in the same neighborhoods as the African-American community, all because of all the segregated laws. So it's been a fascinating plunge into, into history. And so we just finished the film. It's going to have its world debut, world premiere at CineQuest Film festival um in San Jose, and we're really excited about that. Um, but it's been a labor of love for the last several years to really just tell this family story of, of my husband's family. My, my my father-in-law never knew his dad, and so that's why we ended up on this just journey of discovery, and it's really complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you know, through this we we've, we've kind of find out a little spoiler alert that. You know, my husband's family has been in this country for like six generations, or if you can wow. include my daughters, six generations. You know.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Is it because like they were they were there for the railroads, or like how did they? End no,
1: up? they um. So we think that maybe the great great grandparents came over. Um, not for the it, we haven't found documentation about the railroads, but um, they were labeled as like cigar factory workers. So what a lot of people don't realize is that there was other, I mean, like our history books only say like railroad and gold mines, but there was a lot of other industries that used Chinese labor. So this in the South, it was the plantations. Um, Obviously when slavery was abolished, they needed more, you know, workers in California, it was cigar factories, you know, and it was in farming and fishing up in the Northwest, like Seattle area. It was in the logging industry. They Mm -hmm. recruited a lot of Chinese. So, so there's, plenty of other industries that recruited Chinese um, that, you know, we just aren't aware of because it's not in our history books. So that's one of the things that we're really pushing for with our documentary and hope uh, in, in other, you know, encouraging other stories to be told is that our history is not really complete. You know, it's, you just only see a very, very narrow slice in our history books right now, um, or mm-hmm. even in media. And so we just need, there's much, much more, I mean, not just the Chinese, obviously other,
0: other ethnic groups as well. Mm-hmm. I love it. So thank you for sharing that. That's very, very interesting. I think um, a lot of people are not aware of their lineage. So hopefully that would inspire them to do some research because it's awesome. And then when can we see our documentary? Uh, well, like- it's,
1: um, we're doing the Film Festival Circuit. So we'll be um, in March, um, March 7th, 8th and 14th. We will be in the, we'll be in San Jose and Redwood City for so the Cinequest Film Festival. And um, after that, we're going to Mississippi um, at the Oxford Film Festival. Um, I believe it's March 20th and 22nd. Beyond that, um, you can go to our website, far east deep south uh, dot com to kind of follow along or join us on social media to figure out when we're going to be having our next screenings. Um, where it's going to debut for everybody to see. That is to be determined. Um, we're hitting the film festival circuit first. Um, but, you know, we, we were very aggressive in our first um, short film, Finding Cleveland, and we hit a, almost every major city. And um, we're, we're looking to, to hopefully be distributed on a, on a major platform or a broadcast like PBS. So, um, it, it, you know, people will have opportunities. So, yeah, just go to our website and follow
0: follow us. I love it. So you guys heard it here first. Okay. When it blows up, uh, you heard it on this podcast. I love it. Uh, so um, you, you have a really awesome background of like knowing behind the scenes, being a music exec. Like, what are your thoughts on like running business as an artist? And what are some, some things you would tell artists who are not maybe starving artists? And then like how they should actually, what's the right way to think about money so that they can actually do their art for the long term?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I, I actually believe it's very important for um, every artist, and whether it's in music, whether you're an actor, you know, a filmmaker, like you are, you are your own business, um, mm-hmm. really, like all of us are, are independent contractors mm-hmm. um, for the most part, um, and you are your own brand. So I was a business, business economics major at UCLA, and so mm-hmm. that's how um, I kind of had a lot of that business knowledge. Um, but you know, even now it's served me really well because, um, you know, setting up companies running, I do my, I do all my own accounting because Mm. I don't trust, I, since I used to be a CFO, I I don't trust anyone else to do it. And i like to know where my money is. You hear all these stories of celebrities, like, you know, they have like $10 million stolen by a manager or, Mm. you know, funds that are mismanaged. And I think it's really, really important for Anybody that's creative to not get taken advantage in that way, and to be to just to know the business. And I always give this advice to people too, that are starting out that learn every aspect of the business, whether or not you're going to go into it full time yes. or not. Because mm-hmm. you know, I learned about publishing, I learned about distribution. You know, I did a bunch of internships in college at different places, and it served me well when I ended up going to an independent record label because. I was running like multiple, multiple departments. And in in that way too, running a small label was like the best, like, you know, experience. Whereas if I was at a larger label, I'd only be like in charge of like one, you know, area. But because I was at a a smaller label, then I was able to start my own label after that, because I kind of saw how every department runs. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I think that, that value, that knowledge is valuable. Plus, you know how to like communicate with other people that do those jobs you know, it's the same thing within film, you know, I've tried to learn every aspect of it. even though like, I'm not the expert at something like, you know, I need to be able to communicate to my editor or my motion graphics guy, like what, you know, what he needs to do, even though that's not my job, I hand it off to him um, or her, like that's, it's just knowledge to be, I think you're a better leader, I think you're a better artist, mm-hmm. if you're able to communicate with the other people around you that help you make that art what it is in its final form you know what
0: I mean yes absolutely I love that I'm just so energized by your answer I love it it's like I love it when artists like just get the business and they're just obviously you're super successful because of that thank you for sharing Uh, and uh, let me
1: let me just add one more thing to that is is I think there's a lot of people you're talking about like people paying their bills and stuff like that mm -hmm. I think it's important like I was I started out as a financial controller and then CFO like because I used my accounting and you know, financial background mm. and that paid the bills initially, you know, when I was trying to be a producer and a, and a songwriter. And I think like, if you've got a, like a, a marketable skill that, you know, such as being, a, especially accounting, like mm. every company, always looking for bookkeepers or, yes. you know, accounting, if you're good at math and it's a great way to get in the door, especially like you're going to be dealing with executives as opposed to like, l- you know, getting coffee for somebody. Yes. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got that background on whether it's math or in legal or, or doing something like that's very useful for somebody else. One of my, one of my friends like has this quote where he says like, you're only as, you're only as useful to someone in the entertainment industry as you are in solving someone else's problems. Yeah. And I think like, that's a fantastic quote because it's like, well, obviously, you know, if you're an actor that, or a musician that there's like a, you're a dime a dozen, there's like 10,000 singers, and there's nothing special about you. Then you, you know, you're not solving anybody's problem. Yeah. But if you're somebody that can help somebody like uh, do their bookkeeping because that's what they
0: really need, then you're valuable, you know? That's so true. I love that. Um, and what do you think was the hardest thing about doing what you do? what's the hardest thing? Um, Gosh, I think the hardest
1: thing is, I think for me in some sense, being a little bit ahead of my time, if that makes sense. Like, you know, when I was starting up not kind of, kind of date myself now, like there wasn't social media, there wasn't YouTube and there wasn't some of these platforms that I could really promote, you know, mm-hmm. outside of quote unquote, the system, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think in some ways it's very easy to be overlooked as a woman, as, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a, as someone who's Asian American, mm-hmm. you know, in the business or as I like to say, like I had to work 10 times as hard to get mm-hmm. noticed. Yes. Uh, but when I, but you know, on the flip side, I was also very memorable you know, because yeah, I was the only yeah. one, you yeah. know, I was the only, I, my husband's, like, rapping, Name the only is one. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's you know, I felt that way, I mean, he felt that way, I mean, now yeah. there's a lot more Asian-American singers or, or rappers, and, and really, that was, that was what it was, like, here's this Asian-American girl wanting to be a music producer, and I was the only, you know, one, I'm mm-hmm. still a little bit, like, on the, yeah, are you the only one,
0: because I don't even hear about um, uh, yeah I mean most people want to be yeah. <laughs>
1: singers and not record producers and yeah. and um you know now I'm a now I'm a director but like you know and and song songwriter like that's really what I wanted to do and 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 so yeah I mean there are a few out there but very I'm mean, very very. it was mainly a boys club so I think that in a sense was probably one of the harder things you know to deal with you
0: know. that's so interesting because I can see parallels between like being a comedian and musician for sure and you mentioned being a boys club so a lot okay I can be very vicious and I feel like you're such a classy woman
1: so (laughs) I need advice
0: from you so like how do you like do you do you think it's even like did you deal with it by just working harder than them did you I mean were you ever like told to like quit or like how do you deal with people who are negative towards you yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is um,
1: I remember talking with, I used to work at this, like this recording studio um, called Sinead Studio. And a lot of the major artists, like, you know, the older artists like would come in, you know, Natalie Cole, and, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, Whitney Houston who recorded, you know, wow. stuff there before in the past. And, um, and I was talking to Phil Ramone who has since passed. He's a major producer. He produced all of Billy Joel, Barbara Streisand. and mean, mm-hmm. he was, he was really big time. Um, mm-hmm. And he was telling me, you know, like, You know if you're smart you'll get out of the business (laughs) oh wow
0: damn Um, but not not because not because of me but just in general but does he he mean like to become more wealthy it's more strategic for you well
1: he just said it's just a tough business for anybody you know he wasn't targeting me particularly but he also said it with a smile but he said you know if you stay in he also said if you stay in the business long enough people will notice
0: Okay. you know and
1: and so it was it was you know I say the same thing to people when they ask me like hey you know you know um I'd love some advice about going in the music industry and I'll be like yeah like stay out of it because <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that's the advice that I was given to right but- I mean
0: it's not bad advice because I feel like if you because re- if you say it to somebody who's super determined it's not going to matter at all you know right you say and to I somebody think- who yeah exactly and I, I agree and it's the same thing with comedy or,
1: you know, whatever, because, I, and and I've had a lot of interns that worked with me for like, with my company, I probably had like 20 interns. And I have to say, I think there's like, maybe only like one of the interns that still works in the entertainment industry, like <laughs> out of everybody that has worked for me, um, just because it's, a, it is a rough business and it's not cut mm-hmm. out for everybody. Yes. I mean, it's just like, I wanted to be a doctor, but that honestly was not cut out for me. Right. I probably would have quit like after like, you know, two years of medical school. I don't even know if I would have lasted like my first year of medical school because, you know, every occupation is a calling and like, Mm -hmm. and it's, and then this business is especially rough. So like, if you're not, you know, you're, you seem like you're a tough girl, you're having to like, you know, stand up to these guys. And Mm -hmm. in a sense, like, it's not like I'm confronting guys. I'm like a dragon lady. Like for (laughs) me, like my key is it's like being knowledgeable about the industry. Like, I think that's when Mm -hmm. you earn people's respect. It's like people dismiss me. Like they'll like the moment, like, and and it's funny too, because it's a gender thing, not just an ethnic thing. So like my husband and I, and still even to this day, yesterday I just got introduced by, like we were introduced like, and somebody said like, oh yeah. And the director of, you know, this new movie Baldwin shoe. And I was like, I directed the movie, you know, and they automatically think because he's the guy that he directed Mm, the movie. mm, And it was me, you know, or even like, like composing music or what, like it's, 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 there's so few music composers, like, you know, that are women, like people just Mm -hmm. automatically think I'm just a singer. Like they don't think I Mm write my own music or, you know, people have their stereotypes. So like the moment you talk to me and I start talking about the business and being knowledgeable. I mean, that's another piece of advice is like whatever industry, especially entertainment, like read the trades, like read Mm -hmm. what's going on, read, know the business. So it's not just about knowing like how to save your money and how to run a business. It's like knowing who's the top people, who are the players, who are the film, like, like know the the nuts and bolts of the industry, know the vernacular, the nomenclature, because that's how you gain, you have to gain people's respect. And it's annoying. Like I, I, even to this day, yeah. Like it, it happens. Like, I just know people overlook me in a room all the time until I start talking, you know, and they're like, oh, oh, she knows what she's talking about. You know what I mean? But that's, that's the reality. And I, and I just, I just keep plowing on and, and do what, do my thing, you know?
0: <laughs> I love it. You're such an inspiration. I love it. It's like Saturday morning. I'm like all fired up, I'm like ready to run laps and stuff. I love it. So, um, okay, let's talk funny people. So who do you think is the funniest person? person besides us if it's even humanly possible
1: <laughs> well i think my husband's really funny um um my husband only one and if you've ever if people have seen his videos he's really witty with his lyrics he he does a lot of funny videos i mean he has serious songs too but like you know he raps about dim sum and in being an engineer and he's just he's just very very clever and witty and and he's like that at home too so mm-hmm. he makes all these really funny jokes and so i mean he can't be a stand-up comedian necessarily but like he he's just he makes me laugh so i do think he's like one of the funniest people i know
0: i love it i want to hear the dim sum uh, engineer rap that sounds awesome um yeah. okay so um how who's your favorite co- comedian like comedian comedian
1: right now let's see um i really like ali wong of course for for many reasons um she's just very very funny um, and brings that Asian female perspective that we are, you know, I mean, Margaret Cho had it for a while too, but there's just mm-hmm. something, I think cause you know, when Ali, especially when she did her like uh, specials on Netflix, she was pregnant, right? So being a mom, I can yeah, really, like, relate to a lot of that. And yeah. and so, um, and I liked, I really liked Trevor Noah um, and um, just for, in full disclosure, um, a good friend of mine is, actually directs all his all his comedy series and isn't a producer on The Daily Show. But um, that's how I first kind of got turned on to Trevor Noah, mm-hmm. like our friend. Mm-hmm. Um, David Dave is like, he was like, there's this comedian. This is way, way, way before The Daily Show. Like, hey, there's this comedian, South Africa, I'm doing a documentary on him. and It's really funny. you got to check him out. So that's how I first found out about him. But like every time I've seen like one of the specials, or you know, or hearing him, I got to go to a taping one time in New York, and he's just very intelligent and witty. Like he doesn't do, he doesn't go for like the cheap jokes. You know what I mean? It's very well thought out. So like, I really like Trevor Noah, and then I'm a fan of Ellen's. Like she's she's just hilarious. I love I, it. I love her stuff.
0: Yeah, you have. That's why you have an amazing sense of humor. You love all like the best people. Uh, so, great. <laughs> yeah. so can yeah. you repeat for us again, like, you know, how can we buy your albums? How can we stock your online? Like, what's your documentary? How can we listen to your husband? <laughs> There's so many things. So, can you just tell us that? Okay, here? like the
1: laundry list of things. Um, yeah. So, um, for me personally, um, my website's L a r i s s a l a m L A R I S S A L A M.com. Um, no B at the end. If you're Asian, you know that. But I've had my name misspelled <laughs> spelled all the time. And yeah. we actually technically have the same last name. Yeah, we do. My we name. Do. So yeah. Lynn and Lam. But anyways, mine's Lam because um, I'm Cantonese. Um, and uh, you, know, my socials are Twitter, um, at Larissa Lamb, Facebook, at Larissa Lam. Uh, my Instagram, because somebody else took my name, at Larissa Lamb Music um, is my Instagram. Uh, and you can find my music on Spotify, um, you know, Amazon, I, you know, iTunes, Apple, what you know, everything, pretty much anything that has music, you will find, you know, my 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 music on in YouTube. You can just Google us. Like same thing with my husband, only one, only. Um, then W-O-N, not the number. Uh, you can Google him and you can watch his Dim sum video online, um, watch my videos online, um, engineering um and his website is only one.com. And I think most of the socials are at only one except for his instagram too he's at only one mc that darn instagram there are other people that <laughs> took her handles yeah. um so um and then our movie uh if you want to find out more about where you can watch your movie and um just that story of it's far east deep south.com um and you know we really hope people will check it out and kind of follow that journey because it's fascinating to to see that but yeah, we we really appreciate you having me on your show and I'm really excited to see what's, you know, what happens with your career as it continues on. And, and we, oh yeah, by the way, we have a, we also have a podcast. My husband and I host yeah. a podcast called love discovery and dim sum, oh. uh, where we unpack a lot of the stuff that we learn as we've like other history that we've learned, things we've discovered. We yeah. also comment on random things and you know, about Asian Americans and entertainment mm-hmm. um, and, and my husband's favorite food dim sum. Um, so <laughs> yeah, you guys can check that out. And and eventually we will have guests on right now. We haven't had guests, but eventually when we do have guests and we change the format, we would love to have you come on as well.
0: (laughs) Oh, you guys are so sweet. I love it. Wow. This is an awesome interview. Thank you so much for sharing so many insights, insider info that you and nobody can get anywhere, but you're sharing with us. So thank you so much. And yeah, hope to have you on future episodes to come as well. Thanks so much.